Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. You know, today, it's already been said, we're talking about judgment today, talking about God's judgment, talking about the end of time. And so uh, I'm working on this message, I can't help think about my mom. Uh, many of y'all know my mom. My mom uh, usually attends first service. She m- must be running late today. Good, because I'm going to tell a story about her. Um, so my mom is, uh, if you know my mom, you call her what? Mama Beth. Okay, you call Mama Beth. Mama Beth is like five foot nothing. Uh, just sweet. Y- y'all describe her as sweet and gracious and gentle and kind. And she's going to walk in here in a little bit and she's going to walk in. She'll probably have a little shawl around her shoulders and, and she'll be just dressed to the you know nines and whatever. But she's going to have her Bible and her journal and she's going to walk in like this, just very slow. My mom's never done anything fast in her life. And she's going to speak to you and it's just going to be a gracious, very gracious moment. That woman used to spank me growing up. That, that woman you, you describe as gracious and kind and sweet and gentle spanked me. And not, she didn't spank me with her hand. It was either a wooden spoon, a paddle, whatever she could get her hands on sometimes, or a switch. Yeah, now, come on. Yeah, I'm trying to forget these moments. You're going, come on. And so uh, she would, uh, it wasn't a switch she picked. It was a switch that I had to go pick. We had azalea bushes all over the backyard, and I had to go pick one. And if it wasn't the right one, what would she do? Send me back. Or if she, you didn't want her picking one. And so this woman used to spank me. She spanked me quite a bit. And uh, now to her defense, she never did it without just cause. We uh, grew up living by the Ten Commandments plus two. You got the Ten Commandments and you got plus two. Keep your room clean. Struggled with it. And don't aggravate your little brother. I couldn't keep it at all, you know. And so I would know it, when, I'm, when I'm aggravating him, I knew how it was going to end. He was going to tell on me. And I was going to lie. I was going to break one of the other commandments, you know, and say it didn't happen. But she was going to believe him and he was right. And I was going to end up with a spanking. I was going to end up facing her judgment. And I'll be honest with you, as soon as it happened, I didn't want to face her judgment. And I know a lot of us, we, we think about God's judgment. As a matter of fact, you don't hear a lot about God's judgment. But I know it's a lot like how I feel about my mom. You, none of us in this room want to face God's judgment. But God's judgment is one of the, one of the most, is often one of the most misunderstood things uh, about God. Satan has done a great job with our view of, of God. We've taken a term, like Satan has taken a term like father. And because of some of the experiences that we've had with our earthly fathers here on earth, man, some of us just cannot view God as a good and loving and just father. And some of us have a hard time believing that God desires to see people suffer. Satan has deceived us in thinking, you know what, God can't wait for the judgment day where he can pass judgment. And he's even made us question the goodness of God. 
And so then we may ask a question like this, well, who is God to, to judge me? Or, or we may live like he will never judge me. Or we may live questioning the fairness of his judgment. Or we may live in fear of his judgment. I want to tell you this morning, as we talk about the judgment of God, as we talk about the end of time, I want to talk to you about how good God is. And I want you to see his goodness, even in his judgment. God has given us his word. Uh, Jason read part of what we're going to cover today. God has given us his word so that we can understand his judgment. So that we won't be caught off guard by his judgment. In Revelation chapters 8 to 11, uh, we get a picture of God's judgment that is to come. And now, like I said, we're, we're talking about the end of time. We're talking about the, the consummation of, of all of, of history. Now, it's important to remember the book of Revelation is not linear. It doesn't start at this point in time and end at this point in time. It's like John is looking through different windows at different times and he, and he saw this and he saw that. Well, now we're looking at this. And what John is seeing is the judgment of God and the coming of the kingdom. So the reason for him sharing this, one, it was to encourage the, the church that it was originally written to, but it's also that they will understand his judgment. And so that people will repent and not have to face his judgment. That's how good God is. God is calling people to repent so they don't have to face his judgment. Now, some of you, it's probably been maybe a long time since you've been in church and it's been a while since you've heard that word repent. And maybe you're thinking about a street preacher, a street preacher who's, you know, got a sign that says, you know, repent for the kingdom of God is what? Near. Or, or, or you know, get left or get what? No, get right or get what? I already gave you the answer. You, you don't get to answer that one. Or some that said, turn or burn. Yeah. Repent's a great Bible word. It means to, to turn, to, to go in the opposite direction, to change your thinking, to, to turn to Jesus versus trusting in the world or in self. I, I would argue that words like conviction and words like repent, when you hear those words and you see them in Scripture, or, or you feel the word conviction, or you, you hear the, the pastor or a friend saying repent, I would say those words are evidence of a loving God who does not want you to face that judgment. An evil God would never give a warning. An evil God would be like an evil parent who, who would love to catch his people, his kids off guard. Now, an evil God would not give a warning. Like a loving mom or a loving dad, you know, teaching their children, hey, they don't touch the stove, it'll burn, or don't play in the street, you'll get hit. Don't do these things. Man, repent. Man, believe in Jesus so you don't have to face this coming judgment. He's given us his word so that we can understand his judgment. Now, now, last week we asked a question when we just sort of peeked into this judgment time. Who can stand? Well, I mean, the judgment is so severe. Who can stand? And what we see in Scripture, we, we saw world leaders and we saw the rich. We saw celebrities. None of these people can stand. They were hiding and begging for the mountains to fall on them rather than face the wrath of the Lamb. So, but we did answer the question, who can stand? The only people who can stand during the judgment time, and Amanda did a fantastic job in explaining that, is the followers of Jesus. 
Man, when it comes to the end of time, man, the followers of Jesus have nothing to fear. We can stand. So here are four truths about God's judgment so we can understand God's judgment. The world will not go on as usual. Let that sink in for a moment. This world that we know will not go on as usual. Verse 6 says this, the seven angels, then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blast. The first angel blew his trumpet and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One third of the earth was set on fire. One third of the trees were burned and all the grass was burned. Then the second angel blew his trumpet and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea became blood. One third of all living things in the dead sea and the sea died. And one third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. Then the third angel blew his trumpet. And a great star fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was bitterness. It made one third of the water bitter and many people died from drinking the water. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet and one third of the sun was struck and one third of the moon and one third of the stars and they became dark and one third of the day was dark and also one third of the night. And then I looked and I heard a single eagle crying, crying loudly as it flew through the air. Terra, terra, terra to all who belong to this world because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpet. God's judgment is coming. One day the world as we know it will end. And if you're like me, you don't like to think about it. Man, it's easy just to get sucked into, you know what, it's just a, another day, another day. The truth is, our world will end as we know it. And, and one day, there, there, there won't be any more college football. And I know what some of you are thinking. Please let Georgia win the national championship before he comes. One day, there's, there's not going to be any more World Series. One day, there's not going to be any more summers. Not to mention, I mean, summer vacations. And one day, we're not going to be selling, celebrating Christmas. Here's a devastatingly sad truth. Things will not go well for those who don't know Jesus. For those that don't know Jesus, this will not end well. But if you look at Scripture, I mean, how could a good God causes we know that it says in scripture God desires that no one perish but everyone come to everlasting life God desires that's why there's this warning that's why this is being written that's why we have knowledge of this because God is a good God well that's just trumpets one through four second thing we need to understand God's judgment is serious and th this is an understatement but God's judgment is serious it, it continues continues 
Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. And when he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and air turned dark from the smoke. Then locusts came from the smoke and descended on the earth, and they were given power to sting like scorpions. They were told not to harm the grass or plants or trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with pain like the pain of a scorpion sting. And in those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. There is such an intense suffering to come that the world has yet to ever see. I've been around, being a pastor, I've been around men and women and even students and even children that are dying and they're suffering. And yes, that, that end, they're welcoming death. And as a matter of fact, it's such a hard time. Even the family is, is welcoming their passing. But there's going to be a time, it says, they will long to die, but death will flee from them. We've all had times where we've been misinformed or we um, were uninformed about upcoming events. Church, do not be uninformed about the end of time, the end of history. Revelation gives us a picture of how serious the coming judgment is. For those who do not follow Jesus. So, so as, I, as you hear that phrase, for those who do not follow Jesus, for some of you, that, that may be you in here. You're, you're checking Jesus out. Maybe you've got a friend that you, you've seen something different in there. You know they're following Jesus and you're here today. I mean, I, I'm praying and hoping that you'll trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But for the rest of us, we have family. And we have friends. Who don't know Jesus uh, months ago, you, you put their names on the cross. And yes, we've seen these and, and more come to faith in Jesus. But for those that don't know him. This is what they're going to face. It will be. An unending suffering. And then there's trumpet five. God is Merciful. Even in his judgment, you can see God's mercy, even in his judgment. Revelation, it says one third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues. By the fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues, they still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone and wood. Idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. One third... Let's get one third, not 
three-thirds, not the whole earth, but one-third. There's 7.9 billion people on the face of the earth. That was the projected, uh, uh, back in 2020, they projected what it would be in 2021, the earth's population. 2.63 billion. If he came today, 2.63 billion people would die. And that would leave around 5.3 billion people left on the earth. Hopefully, to repent. But it says in the word, it says in, the Re- in Revelation, it says, but they still refuse to repent. Listen, God desires that no one perish. He, he desires that everyone come to repentance, that everyone comes to faith in Jesus. That's why he's not come yet. He's waiting. But can you imagine the two thirds? They, they see one third die. And yet, instead of turning to Jesus, they continue to trust in their, their wealth. They continue to trust in themselves. They continue to trust maybe in their health. They, they continue to trust in what Scripture calls these idols, their stuff. Can you imagine if one out of every three of us was to die? And let's say we didn't know Christ, but it's what it's going to be like for people in the end. They're going to see one out of three people die. And God's desiring that they would come to repentance. And then there's trumpet six. And listen to what it says. This one, this one will usher in the kingdom of God. In verse 15 of chapter 11, it says, Then the seventh, that was trumpet six, now the seventh trumpet, the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And listen to how the 24 elders, the 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshiped him. And they said, we give thanks to you, Lord God, the almighty, the one who is and who always was. For now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign and the nations were filled with wrath. But now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your service to prophets as well as your holy people. All who fear your name from the least to the greatest. It is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. That seventh trumpet is going to usher in the kingdom of God. And there's going to be a judgment. And God's holy people, us, the Christians, those who have trusted in Jesus, who have trusted in that act of, of him taking our death and taking God's judgment for us, man, and rising from the dead, we trust in him. We don't have anything to fear. But God's judgment is coming. And people won't be able to walk away from it. They won't be able to buy their way out of it. They're, they're not going to be able to ignore it or, or force their way out of it. They're not going to be smart enough to, to get out of it. What must happen is they must turn to Jesus. So who is this message for? It was written to the church. But man, for the Unbelievers who hear this, 
And this is definitely a time for them to repent. And maybe you, some of you in this room, maybe, this has been something you're just not sure about. And kudos to you for, for being in the room today. You're obviously curious. You're obviously saying, hey, well, what, what must I do or what must a person do to, to be saved? But this is definitely, for the unbeliever, a message. Hey, repent. Hey, turn to Jesus. Trust that, that death, that, that burial, that resurrection that he had. Trust that he took your punishment. And you don't have to face it. So if you're an unbeliever, man, today, trust Jesus. But the message for the believers, isn't it easy to think or isn't it easy to forget that this world as we know it is going to come to an end? And isn't it easy to make this place home and forget that we've got a home to come? And isn't it easy to just grow comfortable here? And maybe what has happened is we, the believers, have begun to trust in material things and seeking our pleasure and our comfort. And not that it's wrong to enjoy the blessings here on earth, but maybe we've just forgotten Jesus. So for those of us who've just gotten comfortable here, and maybe we've gotten comfortable with sin. It's also a time for all of us to repent. And say, you know what, Lord, I've, I've taken my gaze off of you. I've taken my eyes off you. I've not completely forgotten you. But man, I've, I've wandered here. So for those of us getting comfortable with sin... Man, we need to repent. But understand what that seventh trumpet also ushered in. It also ushered in the kingdom of, of God. We, believers in, in Christ Jesus, we should not dread this time. I, I don't want you to walk out of here going, oh gosh. What am I going to do? I mean, for the believer, I hope you have this in mind. You know what? I know this is coming. Man, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray more. Man, I, I'm going to share more. I, I, I'm not going to waste a conversation. I, I want those that, that I love to know Jesus, and I want those that I don't know to know Jesus, because we don't want them to face this judgment. But for the believer, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's, he's coming back. I, I, I'm in 1 John and John who wrote Revelation to all this was revealed. In, in 1 John chapter 3 and, and verses 2 and 3, it's not on the screen, but listen to what he writes. He says, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. I mean, we just don't know. I mean, when Christ appears, what are we going to be like? He's not yet shown us. It's going to be marvelous. It's going to be fantastic. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. For we will see Jesus. 
The one we pray to, the one we trust in, the one we praise to, the, the one we cry out to, the one we called on to save us. One day we will see him as he really is. And listen to what he says. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. All who have this eager expectation that one day Jesus will return will keep themselves pure as he is pure. Here's what I think happens. Because it happens to me. I get so doggone busy and caught up in this world that I can forget that he's coming. And when I get caught up and busy in this world, I'm tempted to look like the world. He says this, all who have this eager expectation of Jesus coming will keep themselves pure as he is pure. Let this coming, let the blowing of the seventh trumpet, let it keep you pure as you look forward that you have this eager, this, this holy expectation of the coming of Jesus and all of this will end and we will enjoy him forever. It is my prayer. For you to eagerly, eagerly expect to, to live with the joy of eager expectation of Jesus' return. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have a time to repent. And you can, you can, listen, repentance happens in the heart. Some of you, if you want to come down here and, and pray, man, I invite you to pray. Some of you... If anything, I hope for all of us, the burden of reaching our loved ones, the lost ones, the ones whose names we've written on the cross, maybe other people we don't know, and let's pray for them. So maybe today it's you, you just need to repent, man. Handle that, man. Jesus loves to forgive people. I'm just telling you, that is why he came. He loves to forgive. Don't, don't dilly-dally, just say, Jesus, forgive me. Man, confess it to him and man, be forgiven. And let's pray for these people. Father God, I pray, Lord, now for your spirit to do what no man can. And Lord, that's conviction. Father, convict us where we need to confess. And Father, also convict us that people that don't know Jesus go to hell. Father, put that conviction on us. So that no one, Father, that we know, Father, will face this judgment. And Father, may we live with the eager expectation that you're going to come back one day. And we will see you as you are. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you will, join me if you feel led to, to pray. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. 
We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church. <laughs>